read something online that you yourself did some investigative journalism. Yeah. And was it centered around things like particular things that you've written about in your books, crimes and such? Well, one crime that I I didn't really do much investigative on it, but I followed it along and actually drove my editors a little bit nuts um, because I wanted to keep at it and they want to go on to other stuff. And it is in that book. It is in the first book, Blood on the Mitten, and it's in a it's in a chapter titled A Convenient Confession. So that is the closest uh, I've been to any case in mm-hmm. that I covered it for years. Mm-hmm. Any case that I've put in my books, I mean. Okay. So this was 1996, and it was a woman in Kalkaska, 68 years old, widowed, And she'd worked as a teacher's aide at the local school. So she knew some kids and somebody came by and she, she was, you know, known to be welcoming. Some kid came in and, and, um, ended, or young man, I'm sorry, but came in and, excuse me, ended up, um, you know, first, uh, 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 um, beating her, molesting her, you know, and then, wow. put her in the trunk of her own car Jeez. and turned it on with the garage door closed. So she ultimately died of asphyxiation. Uh-huh. Really horrible, wow. sad case. Um, but also DNA played a part in because one young man confessed, mm-hmm. but he made a false confession. But when it came out that the, that the DNA did not match him and corroborated with the fact that he said, I just, I didn't really do it. They had invested a lot, you know, I think uh, had invested a lot in this case being apparently solved. Uh-huh. So they continued with him. They tried him. They convicted him. The jury convicted him, even though the DNA did not match him. But their theory was that he had an accomplice, and the accomplice left his DNA all over everything. But he left no DNA. Mm. But I've talked to experts Uh, crime scene experts, and they said that murder is such an intimate act. I mean, unless you're a sniper or something like that, you know, killing somebody from far, you're going to leave some DNA at the scene. You know, if if you're strangling, stabbing, beating, whatever, somebody, you're going to leave your DNA there. Wow. And this particular guy... But he didn't leave any. And so, so he was... So anyway, he ended up being, he ended up going, uh, spending like uh, what would have been because 96 and then he, it was 2013, I think, when he finally uh, got released. But so that was uh, about 17 years. That's my quick math there. Yeah, about 17 (laughs) years. Uh, And um, they, uh, in in prison. Now, uh, it's hard to make really him a cause to love because he was he was a punk who was in trouble, but he wasn't a murderer. Mm. And he would have been in prison for a chunk of that time anyway because he had been he was eighteen having sex with his fifteen year old girlfriend, and so Jeez. he was he was you know con- at the same time serving time for that. Yeah, but. Still, to be branded a murderer, 
and to go through that for 17 years, which was, I think, longer than he would have served for the other. Uh, but anyway, because it was, because because he was when the Michigan, or when the Innocence Project I'm got familiar. a hold of the case. Yeah. And they, they had uh, um, lawyers and law students from U of M and University of Chicago working on it. And they got a judge. They put together a case and asked the judge to mandate that they uh, put the DNA evidence on the nationwide database. That's where they were dragging their feet for all those years. And I was, I would mention that in a story every now and then, but you know, anyway, like, uh, but, and, and even when I went to freelancing, I still covered it some for Interlock and public radio and, and others, uh, as things would happen. But anyway, so it was, it was interesting to see him finally, uh, you know, released and having the case, but mostly, you know, having, having the real uh, killer finally nailed and found out, and he was a guy from uh, who had actually passed a lie detector test early on in the going. Wow. So, anyway, that's a, yeah, that's the one that I'm most... Uh, that's the one that I know the best. I mean, that's the one that I, that I uh, just wrote from what I had experienced for yeah. the most part, you know, and updated it and whatever. But the other ones were new to me. And I mean, as far as I, I finding out the details and mm-hmm. a lot of interesting cases that I've. Yeah. <laughs> with, with this one that you were just describing, was this one that made national headlines? It did. It did make uh, statewide and national headlines as well. Wow. So, so it did get, uh Yeah. Because it was, you know, there were some elements in there that really, that 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 made it unique, and also, you know, kind of uh, really modern, uh, because DNA evidence until I think sometime in the early '90s wasn't even uh, usable. As, oh, I really? Mean, it just hadn't advanced far enough to really be to really be of use from uh-huh. what 